become a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. This is Entertainment Landfill. I am your host, the Jaystrom, and here we talk about film, television, and pop culture. I don't do it alone. I do it with Stephen the Pop Culture Zealot. Hey, what's happening? Hello, Stephen. Hello. And sir. we do it. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Keep going. I just said hello, sir. <laughs> and then you step on me. And we do the show with Mulberry Bill, the Mulberry Historian. How's it going, Bill? Hello, sir. Hello, hello! That's just our new shtick. Come on. Mm. Talk me. <laughs> Welcome to the show, guys. We're here to uh, talk about stuff we haven't actually talked in a while. We haven't done a show for like three weeks, I think. Um, something like that. I so said you and Bill did one. I was out and, of town. And that was three weeks ago. Because yeah. I remember... Yeah. I remember uh, you. I didn't get in until like out of town. midnight or something. And then the following Friday, you went to a concert. Remember? Yes, I did. And uh, I was yeah. like, and what sucked? And I was like, okay, well, we won't do a show then. Uh, but um, then the Martian came out, and I was like, ooh, I'll go see that. Never got to see it until uh, last weekend. And I was so afraid, Bill, that I was going to miss the XD presentation in 3D. I was like, I was blown away that they held it over. Yeah, that never happens. Mm-mm. Now they I'm, must have had good numbers that you know they were like, well, you know, we'll just hold it over. Yeah, it, it did, and it beat everything that weekend. There was nothing to usurp it. Is that the oh, right way to say that word? Oh, it is. Uh, <laughs> but. Okay, here's the thing. Can I go right into a rant? Rant away. The Walk, Robert Zemeckis' new film with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, where uh, it's about the guy who walks the tightrope across the World Trade Center. There was a documentary all about it called Man on Wire, I think. Is that what it's called? Yep. And uh, we watched that years ago uh, when it came out. It was like on Netflix or whatever, or Hulu. I don't remember what it was on. But anyway, I watched it, and I thought it was incredible. So when I saw the trailer, I was like, ooh, I'd like to see that because I know all about it from the documentary. I probably don't remember most of it, but yeah. the thing, And it's like Event 3D. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And now I hear, when I say I hear, I heard it like weeks ago, but you read it that... Uh, this thing is the 3D is spectacular. Like you got to see it in 3D. I even heard them talking about it on EW Radio when I can stand it before I change it. But they were talking about oh. some people have gotten nauseous from the vertigo because mm-hmm. of the 3D. Like they're like, oh god, I'm gonna, you know, something like that. And it's like, 
I would like to experience that. I want to get sick at the movies. <laughs> I mean, how fun is that? That's the best, especially whenever you can puke on the person in front of you. I think the last film people got sick at was, what, the 187 Hours or whatever with James Franco? Hours. Yeah, I don't remember what it was called. But uh, then, of course, Cloverfield, that made everyone sick, right, guys? Like, oh, my God, uh, okay. oh, this monster. Oh, the camera. Hold the camera still. Oh. Yeah, shaky cam, man. And not that uh, this film is shaky cam or anything. It's just that it's... The depth of the 3D it looks like it's high up and everything. It's kind of like the old um, speed when they played it at the. the no, it wasn't an IMAX. Oh, what was oh it? The, uh, the Omni Theater. The Omni Theater. Mm. Yeah, that IMAX. The Omni Max. It, it was all about uh, the race three, cars and things. Yeah. Why well, remember in Rapids? And, 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 that that special IMAX dome IMAX. They yeah. would start with the Fort Worth uh, helicopter flying over the city. Yeah. And it was like oh. Oh God! I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I'm I sat on the front row, with my feet dangling over Fort Worth. You know. <laughs> yeah, that I can admit when I, when I first saw it when I was a kid or whatever, that does freak you out. It feels like oh, yeah. you're way up in the air, and you're like, oh shit, I'm gonna die! I'm gonna die! And because you feel like you're gonna fall forward and fall down the dome to the bottom <laughs> row or something. Yeah, that's some steep shit. Those dome theaters. Yeah. And I mean, you know you're like, your feet are right at the other person's head. They cram the seats into those things. Not, too, I'm trying to think when, what grade Emma was in. Maybe it was second grade. They did a field trip there to that museum. Mm-hmm. And when I tried to sit in that chair as Not adult, happening. Dude, I had to literally, like, my ass, I just hovered on the seat. And I was like, dude, I can't. I can't sit down. I can't get in this chair. <laughs> and so finally I sat on the end of it and I kind of slid in as it scraped the sides of my body. Oh. I was like, <laughs> and it was like in pain. And I'm not kidding. Like, because I was a chaperone, I had like four children assigned to me. And one little girl goes, I need to go to the bathroom. And I said, I'm sorry, you're going to have to hold it. I can't. And I said, yes, you can, because I'm not getting up again until this thing is over, because I don't think I can get back in this chair. So she's I've only like, got one layer of skin left to scrape yeah. against these things. And the, luckily, the girl held it, because uh, I wasn't getting back up, man. <laughs> well, as far as you know. Yeah. It, she could have left a present for somebody. Yeah, it's it's not my problem, you know. No, it's not. It's, it's the, <laughs> whatever poor bastard has to clean those seats. Yeah. Not my problem. But anyway, I want to see the walk in IMAX 3D. Where can I see it at where I live? Because it's not, not going to happen. It's showing one showing. Probably in Dallas. At the Cinemark. And it's not even in 3D. But it's like the 1025 p.m. showing. One showing. Is it because it hasn't opened nationally yet? or No, why? it opened nationally. It, opened it nationally. just bombed. Why is it one showing? Because nobody went to see it. There was, see. But there I, was lots of complaints over the narration portion of it or something. What? And I, I haven't heard any of that. And yet I see millions. Or, or was, it was the over-explaining the walk. Well, the thing that's driving me nuts is, okay, and I, it's probably going to be a good movie. The new uh, Steve Jobs film by Danny sure. Boyle. Uh they're advertising the hell out of that. All the uh, advertisements I see on television. Um, but 
they do the David Anson says it's the greatest effing movie I've ever seen. <laughs> and they even, who's this one guy? I don't know who the critic is, but I want to cock punch him because of this this thing. It says it's like a rush of blood to the head. And I was like, who says that? Nobody. And now I got to listen to it every time the freaking commercial comes on. That what was the Coldplay CD like yeah, sitting yeah. on his desk? He's like, um, it's like a um, ooh, a rush of blood to the head. Chris <laughs> Martin says it's like a rush of blood <laughs> to the head. But God, whenever I hear that, I I do the eye roll like, oh, shut up. It's like a sky full of stars. <laughs> God, it gets on my nerves so much. So I will not be Milo Zylo <laughs> because of that <laughs> rush of blood to the head. I will never see that movie. Everyone can go to hell. <laughs> they turn me off of it. <laughs> David Anson says, "Viva la vida," or death in all his friends. <laughs> Just like lyrics, like they're just—he's got a Coldplay album there. <laughs> so Lou uh, he, Lemerick says you'll need a parachute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's another story that gets on my nerves, and I got to tell you right now, I'm not playing this game. I'm not going to do it. You're playing, okay? And it is Die Hard prequel. Who should no. play? Who should play young John McClane? No. I'm not playing. I was so <laughs> I was so quick to post something on Facebook like can Len Wiseman just die? <laughs> or like I'm just oh, hey, I got nothing else going on. Why don't I make another Die Hard? Hey, I got well, a hot wife. Got last... nothing going on. It'll be him in middle school being a hall <laughs> middle school. Yeah, a hall monitor. <laughs> it's going to you know what it's going to be? It's going to be a remake of Toy Soldiers. And uh John McClane's in private school. Well, uh, okay. A group of terrorists show up. You know how everyone talked about the Han Solo prequel, and then we went through the, who should play young Han Solo? It just got on my nerves, that whole story. But this, I mean, I know Bruce Willis, He may. I think he would make more. The last one sucked ass. I haven't even bothered. It was terrible. Absolutely terrible. The with the sun in Russia. Yeah. Terrible film. Die Hard. The sun in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad, Bill. I mean, I ranted on this a long time ago, but I remember the villain doesn't even speak English. That's how bad it was. You know, in Die Hard movies, you have the villain who he yeah. he trades barbs with John McClane. This yeah. guy didn't even speak English! Oh, my God! What the hell? It's terrible. Oh, English. But I could see, you know, Bruce Willis, he was like, ah, let me just endorse this check here. <laughs> and he got his money, right? So, uh... He, he should have went... Jai Courtney's my son. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? There he, my favorite part, Bill, of this. Yeah, have you never seen this? The no. I, I refuse to watch it. It's like, even whenever the Blu-ray Blu release came out of all the Die Hard movies, and it would have been cheaper to buy the entire set, I still only bought the first and second Die Hards. There's this like, moment where Jack McClane and John McClane, uh, the bad guys have them dead to rights, and they do the... <laughs> and then oh, you know uh, Jax is like oh <laughs> and then the bad guy's like oh <laughs> and they're like oh! and they pull their guns and shoot him or whatever 
This show was like a callback to Die Hard, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except it didn't make any sense. So it's like, what are you guys laughing at? I'm about to shoot you, you know? I, That's, I, that was Skip Woods, like, putting it in the script, like, <laughs> laughing. He's cashing a check You need for that to see this film, Bill, because just to see how bizarre it is, I think the movie's too zoomed in or something on all the action. It literally feels like it was released theatrically, and they were like, uh, zoom in on it. Like, uh, let's just see the middle part of the screen. And uh, it's actually uh, worse than Live Free or Die Hard. Live Free or Die Hard is an effing classic <laughs> compared to that. No, seriously. <laughs> Live Free or Die Hard is watchable, and you can follow the plot. The last Which Die version Hard, of Live Free or Die Hard? The one with the squibs added back in and the, and the, uh, either the one, ADR'd F-words? <laughs> either one is watchable <laughs> compared to the most recent one. What was it called? Die Hard 5 or something? What was it called? I don't even remember. Die, uh, die, die another day. Die. No, that was James Bond. Yeah. Was it Live Free or Die Hard? Or was it Live Free or Die? Yeah, maybe. A good day to die a hard. Good a good day to die hard. See, the Jesus title was even Christ. terrible. It should have been just been Die Hard Five. Die Hard like, with your son. We've given up. <laughs> but there's literally a part in the die movie. Die Hard Son in Russia. There's a part in the movie where Jack uh, McLean. Is running like Wait, away. Jack is the son. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And John McClane is going, Jack, Jack, and he's chasing, and he's like, Jack. He says, Jack. I'm not kidding. Like 50 times <laughs> as he's chasing after him. So you guys got to check that out. Awesome. Film. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, it's great. Oh, so who do you guys proud of that? <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> All right. So this article in Entertainment Weekly, it's like, the Die Hard reboot was always an inevitability. 2013's A Good Day to Die Hard. Damn, why didn't I just read this first? <laughs> grossed, eight, grossed a measly $67 million. No, it just says a measly $67. Look, it doesn't say $67 million. It said it grossed a measly $67. Yeah. <laughs> It grossed a measly $67 domestically, but minted over $300 globally. <laughs> they didn't add million to it. Well, what, what does that say about America? In financial terms, that means people still care about Die Hard. No, they don't. They no, only made they 300 don't. bucks. You it, could release anything worldwide and then wait a couple years and go, oh, look how much we, uh, we made. Even if... No one seemed to like the franchise franchise's general creative direction. Uh, okay, I just ruined that <laughs> paragraph. Franchises. So, so, of course, the next logical step would be a reboot. But yesterday came the news that Die Hard 6 will go backwards, prequelizing John McClane and even giving him an origin story. Like, we need that. He's just a New York cop. Willis was 33 when the original Die Hard came out. Is the studio... reason why he became a cop. <laughs> yeah, we need that. <laughs> Is the studio looking for a 20-something John McClane, fresh out of the Academy and perpetually caught up in circumstances beyond his control? This is about the moment we ask ourselves, if Garrett Hedlund is available... Oh, wait, I read that wrong. This is about, oh, no. This is about the moment. If Garrett Hedlund's available, that's just <laughs> bad news right away. Yeah. This is you're saying this is when we ask ourselves, is Garrett Hedlund available? Between Tron, Legacy, and Pan, Hedlund has had two non-starting franchises under his belt. 
But maybe he just needs an action showcase that's a little more down to earth. What? On the Tron same Legacy was fantastic. I know. And uh, screw them for not going on to the next Tron because it would have been just as good. I know. Bastards. And on Pan, the on the front, other hand, I just. Here's another one. Taylor Kitsch had a couple of Steady blockbusters showing a few years ago. The Calamitous John Carter and the actually worse Battleship. Well, I won't disagree with Battleship. <laughs> <laughs> what about but again? Jo- Battleship was a movie for you know twelve year old boys. So yeah. What about Joseph Gordon-Levitt? I'm not even going to read any more of this. He already played, <laughs> he already played John McClane. Yeah. Or Bruce Willis, but oh yeah, he's oh yeah, and Looper. Looper. <laughs> they just give him that same makeup. <laughs> yeah, oh God, no. <laughs> the makeup was so bad. It was just like. You Good thing the movie was good because the make- yeah. makeup was awful. It's like just let him look like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. We will believe you. You don't have to make him look. We like can. Bruce it's Will- a movie. We can suspend disbelief. It's yeah, about yeah. time travelers. No, 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 no. We need makeup. Come on, guys. No, you <laughs> add don't. some brow to this guy. Pluck his eyebrows. <laughs> He's there's not nearly enough brow. Yeah. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whatever. Based on that, all that all that matters, you know, honestly. Um, is who the f is writing and directing it? I know Bruce uh, Willis Skip could be in Woods. it. Yeah, no, don't let that guy do anything. Len Wiseman. Yeah, no, keep him the hell away from it. <laughs> <laughs> that guy can go to hell. He can go. As, he can go to Mars. But seriously, I'm not kidding. If you were to watch that last Die Hard, you would be like. Dude, Len Weissman's a pretty good director. <laughs> <laughs> they need Colin Farrell in this. I like that title. Adam Sexton's suggestion is called Just Die Hard Already. <laughs> nice. That would be good. I like that. So, uh, what did you guys think of The Martian? Did you dig it? I, I loved it The Martian. So, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it, too. It was great. Good stuff. Again, you know, you got the... Uh, Ridley Scott, who really knows 3D, yeah, the 3D it, was excellent. It was, it was just, it was so immersive and so beautiful and so well done. I just, I loved everything about it. It was sandstorm at the beginning was really, yeah, the, amazing looking. Yeah, it was cool. It's a, a the effects were flawless. You know, yeah, it's, they really were. I, was there just, wasn't a moment that I was like, oh. And oh. Mars didn't look like, hey, let's go to Arizona and we're on Mars. It looked like they were on an, a foreign planet, didn't it? Yeah. It looked like uh, Mars. And I thought that was excellent. And, of course, the cast was excellent and stuff. And the thing was just smartly written, too. It was just it's just a great film. It really is a great film. I, I love the idea of, you know, the science, but true science fiction. You know, right. It was just... It was just really well done. It was harrowing. It was, uh, I think, there was only one part where I was like, hey, they cut that out. Because there was a part in the book that they, near the end of the film, that they cut out. And I was thinking about it afterwards. And I was like, you know what? It's probably a good thing they cut it out. Because at that point, he's pretty much been put through the ringer. And we're kind of due for a little breathing room. So I, was, I wasn't disappointed that they cut one uh, big development out of it. And I can imagine they kind of probably have to lose some things maybe they did include it and it'll be a deleted scene or something like that or 
I don't know. I think I think they it it flowed so seamlessly mm-hmm. that I don't think that they even bothered with it. I, I have a feeling that uh, Andy Weir and uh, Drew Goddard sat down and went, "Okay, let's let's see what we can do here with this, this, just to this. speed it up." And they just decided to cut it. I'm kind of bummed that uh, it came out the same week as Sicario because I wanted to see that too, but it never got a large theater. At least around me, you know, and I guess yeah. You know what? I only saw little bits and pieces about that, and uh, I know that Benicio del Toro's in it and Emily Blunt's in it, and but that's about it. I'll have to wait till it uh, comes out on cable or something. Is it? What is it? It's uh, I remember the the poster says Sicario means hitman. Oh well, that's convenient. So. Uh, in a lawless border area stretching between the U.S. and Mexico, an idealistic FBI agent is enlisted by an elite government task force official to aid in an escalating war on against drugs. Led by an enigmatic consultant with a questionable past, the team sits out on a clandestine clandestine journey for <laughs> now, now it's, it's it's a secret Jewish oh, wait, journey. Wait, let me do it. Uh, clandestine. <laughs> journey forcing kate to question everything that she believes in order to survive <sighs> i gotta take a- i like clandestine better <laughs> clandestine 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 that sounds better what do you think steven sounds like a planet in star wars oh let's go to clandestine Ooh, i would like to visit clandestine but uh yeah that sounds like a cool sounds flick. Like it's in the outer rim mm. yeah it's right near nabu nabu <laughs> What the hell is the last witch hunter with uh, Vin Diesel? I keep seeing commercials. All I see is online. Everything about the last witch hunter is I made this movie to deal with my loss of Paul Walker. That's every headline. Really? I saw yeah, one where like, uh, Dungeons and Dragons influenced him or something like that. I don't know. No, everything is about how I guess this this character's lived forever and he's had to deal with a lot of loss in his life. So see the film has five writers. That's always a good sign. And it's directed by Breck Eisner, whoever that okay. is. No, I know that name. He directed uh Yeesh. He directed Sahara in 2005. That oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, um, the Matthew McConaughey movie. Oh, that was that was painful. So, uh, <laughs> maybe this will be good. <laughs> uh, oh, he directed The cra- the Crazies wasn't terrible. No, no, no. That was... That was the one with uh, Timothy Elephant, oh, right? Yep. Yeah, this could it could very easily be entertaining. It's about a guy who kills witches. Come on, or he hunts them. I'm sorry, he hunts. Them. He hunts the witches. Oh, and he did that movie Thought Crimes back in 2003. That was a fun movie. Okay, well, I don't think you know, anybody saw it, but it was still good. it had. I remember it had the guy from uh, what the hell's his name? He's in. Um, oh my God! I'm totally doing this. Uh, Sons of Anarchy. Son of An- Sons of Anarchy. The the, the the the. He has a he has a lady's name. Uh, Kim Kim Coates. Oh, Kim Coates. Yeah. Okay. He plays uh, Tig. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Sorry. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, I don't know if you've heard this yet, but... Um, uh, oh, God. <laughs> uh, help! Help me! I can't remember anything! Bill, what TV show was just canceled? Oh, Defiance. Yeah, Defiance got canceled. Oh. Did you ever watch the third season? Yeah. You did? And you mm-hmm. watched it all the way to the end? Mm-hmm. I didn't. <laughs> Neither did I. Did it end like, okay, that's it? Is that a good ending? Or are you going to feel like, well, that sucks? I'm trying to think, okay, do you want to know how it is? No. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to watch it. No, You'll just tell me watch. if it ended properly for you or it's just like... It, it, it ended. It, I mean... It was an ending where you're yeah. not longing for what else could happen. No, not really. Because like that. that's what sucks, you know. Well, the game's going to continue, apparently. We don't know how long that'll last, but... Yeah. I think it's probably two different audiences. Like, I'm sure people who watch Defiance, I doubt they were playing the game. You know? You know what I'm yeah, really it, it sick ended, of? It ended fine. Yeah, there was. there's nothing. Okay, now switching gears. I know I complain about this all the time, but I'm sick of it. How? Walking Dead articles... About uh, what this character thinks of this, or it's going to be a much darker season. Things get worse. And no one's about, safe. But Bill, it never stops. The articles never stop on this it's show. Every week. Yeah, and I get it. It's because people are like, "Ooh, Walking Dead." Let me click on that. Um, did you watch the premiere, Stephen? Yes. One thing that I like, I like how you <laughs> whoa. Oh, I guess baby, baby uh, didn't watch it either. One she thing that I, I liked, even though, okay, Walking Dead Season 6 topped off at 19.5 million viewers, which is a shitload of people, right? That's like really good ratings. But I heard that the ratings were actually down from last year, which uh, I was happy about. I just kind of did a Nelson, <laughs> you know, but... um. Steven, you watched the premiere. But it was football season two. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just saying. No, it's it's just silly to uh, I talk about how the ratings went down right, right. That's, when it's that many people are watching. Yeah. And those it, are the Nielsen numbers, though, yeah, right? And even I am watching, too. I watch it the next day, like the next morning. Right. eat my breakfast while watching The Walking Dead. Because let's face it, it's all animatronics and stuff. There's nothing really gross on the show. I'm desensitized by, you know, stuff. Every once in a while, there would be something disturbing, but not in a I long like time. Hannibal. It's not like Fringe, where we couldn't eat while watching Fringe. I honestly think we've seen zombies killed so often on this show that it doesn't bother us anymore. It means nothing to us. But I will say this. (laughs) There's a part where someone, of course, dies in the episode. You got to have a character die, Bill. It's a newly introduced character. Is he eaten by Guar? No, he isn't. But what's funny is that the the zombie the walker that kills him is obviously like animatronic it's not a human it's a puppet yeah. that grabs him and it like pulls him towards it and like gnaws on his face or he's like ah but the the animatronics are so funny looking like the uh it looks like 
Like, you could easily just break it over your knee, you know? It's like one of the robots at Chuck E. Cheese. Pulls him in. But, um... What was it? Not Chuck E. Cheese. What was it before that? Oh, Pasquale, no! Yeah, that's Rock-A-Fire Explosion. It's like zombie Rock-A-Fire Explosion. I guess it's Five Nights at Freddy's or something. Yeah. Um... I, I don't know. I don't want to bitch anymore about The Walking Dead. It just, the show is... Ri- I just know it was Ethan Embry, and I only ever see him being eaten by Guar in Empire <laughs> yeah. Records. No, so. I got the joke. I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> but, I just um, throw that out there. I I just know that that was the whole, that was the whole article I, I saw. Because I don't even need to watch the show at this point to know what's going on with it. The, because I honestly... Uh, was like, are you going to watch it, Jason? Are you going to watch it? I was like, you know what? I don't really need to or whatever, but okay, I'll go ahead and watch it. And when I saw the, I'm not kidding. The episode was uh, an hour and 30 minutes. Like it was an right. extended episode. When I was fast forwarding through commercials, like, okay, are we almost done? Oh shit. It's a long episode. I got like oh, depressed. No. And the whole point of the episode is this, Bill. There's like this quarry, like a rock quarry or something, that's filled with zombies. Like absolutely just thousands of them in there. And there's no way they can get out because there's trucks, like big rigs blocking it from like a long time ago. One or two trickle out at a time. Right. And what happens is the walkers can hear the other walkers in there. It's like echoing noise. They all walk towards it and slide down into the... The hole, this giant quarry, and they're just all stuck there, which actually is pretty awesome. They're all stuck there. And uh, Rick's like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to let them all out, and they're all going to come out and head towards us. But what we're going to do is we're going to hurt them, and we're going to hurt them right past where we live, down the street, weave through here. And then they're going to just keep on but going. Rick, can't we get 500-gallon barrels of gas and burn them a lot? Exactly. Ethan, Ethan, <laughs> they're all in a big pit. We Ethan, can burn them easily. Ethan Embry's idea, he goes, no, no, no. Here's what we do. Let's just reinforce the barricade. See that truck you're afraid is going to fall? You know, he's afraid the dirt and mud will make it give way and the truck will fall out of the way. And then all of them will be able to come up and attack them or whatever. So Ethan Emery's like, let's reinforce it, put some more shit down there, and block it. He's like, no, it won't work. Sounds we need like a to, terrible idea. No, yeah, we need to. So basically, it's like where's hurt, Carl? The whole episode is them herding cattle, right? Yeah. So the episode begins with them doing this without any explanation of what's going on. But I didn't mind that. I thought that was awesome. I don't need an explanation until Bill. It cuts to black and white. Cut to black and white. With a uh, flashback to them figuring this all out and oh, coming nice. up with the plan. So it's present day and uh, flashbacks throughout the entire episode. And I'm literally, every time it does a flashback, I'm like, <laughs> you know, just like, um, or whatever. Who's running out of ideas? Well, it's just the same. I mean, what else? I don't know. It's, I still watch it, but. Are they still at Terminus? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) They were only at Terminus for one episode. They're at New Terminus. They're they're at a a, a, uh, Alexandria. Oh, that's where I stopped reading the comic. Yeah, they're in a community with a giant fence around it. Where uh, uh, it's the suburb. Yeah, they. they And Rick ends up being the sheriff or whatever. 
Yeah, something like that. He was the sheriff for a bit, but now he's just kind of uh, the second in command with this lady, Deanna. And Ethan tried to overthrow him. Yeah, just whatever. Oh, wow, that sounds really um, riveting. It's very captivating. Oh, and what's so funny is um, they have to have character development, so they have this part where Rick's like, we're not letting any more people in here. We got enough people here. And um, (laughs) Daryl, he's like... "Um, yeah, I don't think I like that idea. And he's like, we'll discuss it later or something like that. Well, later on, uh, you know, he's like, if only we had more people. And Daryl's like, well, you didn't want any more people in here. And he kind of walks away. So that's like the character development where, oh, wow. oh my God, there's like a little rift there. Did you guys catch that oh. character <laughs> development? Later on, Daryl, you know, we're there. He's not believing in Rick so much anymore. It's pretty. The dumbest thing about the whole thing is that there's kids that live in this community, Bill. They sneak out because they're rebellious. You know, mm. like, I'm going to sneak over the fence and hang out and smoke cigarettes or something. I don't know what they're doing. And then, and then my, take a breath on my inhaler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Luckily, there's. Is there an inhaler yet in the episode? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? You know, I never watched season two of The Strain. Did you? Yeah. Was there a kid with the asthma? That's what Bill it was. It kind of disappeared. Yeah, you know, it's like he had he, asthma for a while. Yeah, or... yeah he, he got <laughs> and now, it. now it's now it's back. Yeah. Like the, there was like four or five episodes that I watched where he tries to do his inhaler, and I'm like, oh god. You know what? I watched this uh, switching gears again. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of forced that bad clutch. Um, I watched this documentary on Amazon. It was a Goonies documentary, right? Mm-hmm. And I was oh, like, wow. oh, I'm going to watch this. And it's the cheapest looking documentary. <laughs> Literally, all it is is they were probably at a convention or something. And they were like interviewed the cast at separate times in the, like the same room or something. Filmed on a Handy 8 Sony. Yeah, well, you, know, I mean, the video looked fine. But oh. <laughs> it's just like it wasn't like a fancy documentary in any way. It's just like interviews all compiled, which was fine because I learned some things I never knew about, which is there's, you know, we all, we all heard about the deleted scene with the octopus, you know, and we've even seen that deleted footage or whatever. You could see it on YouTube, but there's this missing footage that they can't find anywhere. And it is when the, the Goonies were down there and they're messing, banging on the pipes, Reverse pressure! You remember that part? Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, something happens at the zoo where the fence falls down and these gorillas escape. And they steal Troy's car, that red convertible, and they're, like, driving it around the city. And uh, they actually... Steven, uh, Steven Spielberg pitched this idea to Richard Donner, and he goes, Steven, I don't have time to film this. If you want to go off and shoot it with the second unit, go right ahead. So he did... And they used uh, gorilla outfits from Greystoke that they had. You know, like, <laughs> I guess Rick Baker had made those. And so they had, and I saw a picture of it, of, like, gorillas driving the car. But they can't find the footage anywhere that he filmed. Um, Thank I just thought God. That was, I thought that was interesting, but it does sound ridiculous. <laughs> gorillas That driving. sounds like George Lucas and <laughs> freaking monkeys. <laughs> Swinging from trees. But remember, you know, what Goonies is. It would easily fit in the movie. (laughs) I don't know, man. It wouldn't have ruined anything. (laughs) Uh, But I want to see the deleted scene, damn it. And I know one day it's going to turn up now. 
See? Yeah, somebody's going to be looking for a new negative of uh, Mano's Hands of Fate, and they're going to find it in some, <laughs> some yeah, box. Yeah, what is that, Bill? I saw on Facebook that there's a remastered Mano's Hands of Fate on Blu-ray. Some some not, dude found the original 16 millimeter negative. Yeah, and it's not like Mystery Science Theater. It's the movie. Just the yeah. movie, right? Yeah. Why would anyone want to see the remastered version of that movie? Because there's this section of people that think these awful films deserve to be preserved. I mean, if they went and remastered all of MST or something, that might be fun. But I'm not going to watch the shitty movie. I wouldn't watch Puma Man by itself either. Puma Man. No. Why would... (laughs) I wouldn't watch, uh, you know, uh, Soul Taker, the Final Sacrifice. By okay, no, I I'd would watch, watch Soul Taker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Soul Taker. You know, recently, like every once in a while, uh, Emma and I will start quoting the Final Sacrifice, and uh, I went ahead and I was like, you know what, I'm going to buy this on Amazon. But then I saw it was on. You could do the video streaming or whatever. Sure. And, and so I bought it like that, and we watched it, and. Uh, I really, you know, the towards the end of the movie, you really you run out of steam with the laughing, where it's just like, God, this is a terrible. Movie. <laughs> yeah, but my, still, my favorite part is when he's like, "Did you know my father? Know him? He was delicious. <laughs> pipper, a pipper pepper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mike Pipper. <laughs> that's a great movie." I love it. I mean, that's a great mystery science theater movie. It's honestly one of my top five. The Final Sacrifice is one of the funniest things. I mean, that's there's a handful. Like, I was never a big fan of the Mike, the Mike era that Bill Corbett was Crow. I I was never a huge fan of because it was more cynical than joyful. But the Final Sacrifice is classic. I was thinking. you know, you know, I love writing with death, and that's a Mike episode. Uh, but what are your top, say, top three Joel episodes? Top three Joel episodes. Um, hmm, that's tough. Uh, probably King Dinosaur, which never seen is that. King Dinosaur. Well, you, Joey the Lemur, do you remember that? Where they're like, Joey the Lemur. He was. King Dinosaur is the one where this, this crew. Uh, take a rocket to a, a, a place called Pandora, and what? it's like a land before time, but everything is just, it's it's like, it, the king dinosaur is an iguana, and it's, they they go through this, and they're like, oh my god, what are we doing here, this is crazy, this, this, this king dinosaur is going to kill everyone, and then at the end they just nuke the planet. For no reason. I've never (laughs) seen that episode. It's one of my all-time favorites. King Dinosaur, easily. That's like in my top, my my definitely top three. Uh, What else? Mitchell. Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell is amazing. Yeah, I've seen that one many times. And, um... God, what is the one? It's this, uh... Teenagers, is it Teenagers from Outer Space? I would have to look it up exactly, but it's uh, these teenage these these teenage aliens uh, come down, and the one like befriends them, and they're supposed to actually release this monster on Earth to see if they can turn it into like a colony to raise these things, and it's a, the the monster is a a lobster, 
that they use the shadow of uh, all over, like like whenever they're running away from it at the end, all you see is a shadow of this lobster. Uh, but that <laughs> that's that's probably my top three. But there's so many of them that I love uh, the Joel episodes. That I, I I'm not a huge fan of the first season because they're still finding their legs. Yeah, and I don't it's, think I've the, ever the, seen season. Yeah, the one. riffing isn't really big, but they're kind yeah, of those, working out the format. Yeah, I can I can just off the top of my head, I could probably go on and on with the Joel ones because, uh, but they're the Mike ones are easy. The Mike ones are Final Sacrifice, uh, Space Mutiny, and the Incredible Melting Man. Oh yeah, of course, Space Mutiny. So yeah, those are those are my Mike ones, but the Joel ones. There's just so many, and you can't forget any of the Gamera films for the Joel era, like with Corn Job. Steve, uh, it's yes. Let me help you. Oh, yeah, Corn Job. <laughs> I like whenever somebody says something in a movie and they will say, like, "Corn Job." Like, what did he? Say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh but, yeah, the ga- the Gamera uh, films are the some of the best. The if there was a, a Godzilla versus Megalon, which is another really good one that isn't available uh, on DVD because when they released it through Rhino, they didn't have the proper rights, so they recalled those editions, uh, and that was so that one's a little hard to come by. Uh, but yeah, Godzilla versus Megalon is another really great one. All those, all any Sandy Frank films, Time of the Apes. Yeah, which was is is great. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, Fugitive Alien one and two. They tried to kill him with a forklift. It just did. Those are. I love the Sandy Frank ones. You know what's funny is you're making me realize. I mean, I already knew that, but when I think about it, I have not seen a lot of Mystery Science Theater. I've seen like a lot of the ones that you tend to see over and over. Sure. Yeah. But I haven't seen a lot of obscure ones, you know. There are so many that are. I should really just put together a list for the show and have people watch them <laughs> because I could. That was it was my safe place. I would watch all of this Mystery Science Theater three thousands from beginning on, to end. They're on YouTube, right? A lot of them. A lot of them are. Yeah. What was the uh, dinosaur one called? <clears throat> King Dinosaur. King Dinosaur. Maybe that one's on there, and I could watch it later. Oh, it's got to be. That would be cool. Yeah, it, it's just one of those ones that are, is so out of the nuclear era that their main solution to a problem of going to a planet they don't even belong, and they're supposed to be on an expedition, uh, they end up deciding to blow it up. Yeah, the whole thing is on there. One hour, awesome. 37 minutes. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah, I love, I love King Dinosaur. Cool. Hey, Bill, did you know that Star Wars Rebels is back? I saw that. In fact, in, in one of my anatomy and physiology labs, there's uh, this uh, woman that loves Star Wars. She's like, did you watch Star Wars Rebels? I was like, no, I haven't done. I haven't watched the second season yet, so I'm waiting. It, it was the first episode. Well, if you don't count the Darth Vader special, that hour-long one, yeah, this was the next episode, I guess. Oh, okay. It premiered uh, last night. I can't wait to get into it. It recorded on on Premier, so now I have a season and a you know this one of on that I can watch on my DVR. Premiered Wednesday, I think. But yeah, that's pretty cool. Are what, are you guys watching any shows? 
Any new shows you guys like? Probably the one that you're kind of watching is the Project Greenlight. Oh, yeah. yeah. Project Greenlight. Have you, are you all caught up? <laughs> yes, I caught up today. Let's talk Same about here. that train. Oh, first of all, I want to start <laughs> off with, I understand what HBO wants out of this. They don't care about the movie. Let's get that out of the way. They want the reality series. Right. Because the only way you would ever green light a film that you only had like three weeks to prepare for or whatever would be to cause drama, wouldn't right. it? Mm-hmm. To just it's make probably it- cheaper for them to fund the movie than actually fund a series. Well, it's just like we're like, we only have this 13 days till shooting. Well, why? That doesn't make any sense. Well, it's entertaining. We're all like, you know, clashing heads and, you know, we're trying to get this shit done. And this is the funny thing that I I actually think about this a lot as I'm watching it. Um, You've got the main guy, Jason. Mm -hmm. We as um, fans of film or any time in your life you wanted to make a film or whatever, we are on the side of the artist because we believe in artistic uh, integrity, right? Right. But when you see this tool, you don't want to root for anything he wants. You no. want him to give in. But part of what, you know, part of character that you admire in people is when they want what they want and they do not give in. They need what they want because this is their vision. And I understand that, say, like James Cameron or Sam Raimi or somebody or uh, Stanley Kubrick. Those guys, you know what you're going to get from it. But this guy, I don't know why, where it's like an adversarial position where... Everything it is he does is adversarial. Yeah, yeah. It's not like... I mean, what do you do if he wants to shoot on film and he's the director and that's his vision? Should he just give in and shoot HD? Part of me is like, yes, just shoot digital because no I know it care looks about fine. This film. No one's going to care about it. Yeah, no. but also another, like, if, if... I don't think digital... I'm not a big film guy, like, film versus digital or whatever. I know that HD can look fantastic, too, you know? Right. And uh, I don't know. I just don't like the guy. <laughs> How do you guys feel about him? I It's... Yeah, I don't... I, don't dislike the guy. I yeah, think. I he's would grown on me. Um, he he. Um, like I said, he becomes very uh, not adversarial. He just kind of clams up and doesn't just. I want to shoot film. The the whole you thing know, with and, Effie and Pete Ferrelli was his fault because yeah. he never like just said something. Yeah, well, I met with Pete Ferrelli and we're going to go to this place. He just never said anything about it. So oh, mm-hmm. and he never told Pete that. They went and did this already. Right, right. No, he like, didn't. Hey, he was like, no, he did. did Pete knows. Looked at the or he knew. Versus film. And here's the thing about Effie, the producer. I don't want to hate her. And in fact, I liked her when they first introduced her in the first episode. Yeah. And then I start thinking about how reality shows, someone gets a good edit, someone gets a bad edit. She's getting the edit that makes her look like a pain in the ass. Am I right? Oh, definitely. Mostly. I can yes. understand. Like, that's another thing about as I watch the show. I understand her position where this is how much money we have. This is our deadline. And this is how we make the film. But she's dealing with an artist who 
No, this is how I want to do it. I want to shoot on film. Also, an artist who has never made a feature. Right, never made a feature. So never had a budget. She's made like, seventeen features. <laughs> yeah, how do you know that, Bill? <laughs> because she tells people over and over. And that's the thing is, I my first reaction to her in the first episode was, "Oh, I like her. I can imagine her being like if she was on your side. That's a good thing to have." Well, my only problem yeah. with her at the beginning was all she was looking for was right. A, a, a I know what you're about to the, say. The, yeah. Not even ethnicity, but male, female, and right, right. ethnicity. And Bill talked, and I talked about that it's on our like, last episode. Uh, don't you want the best person for the film, whether regardless of mm-hmm. sex or color? You want right, the right. Best person and that's kind of what, what Matt Damon said, but he was white splaining. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but so if if they would have done a like a blind, not knowing who they were, just showed them a film and said, "Okay, choose." Yeah, there's a. I and think the don't, way. Don't give a name. Just say director one, two, three, four. Directors one through ten. The thing and you I pick did. It, then you then you do the interviews. I did not. I thought she was totally wrong in the Pete Ferrelli thing, where she got mad at him, mm-hmm. how he was like trying to overstep his bounds. She just took it the wrong way, and right. it was he didn't mean. I didn't think he meant any of that. Did I think he should have quit? No, I thought that no. was a pretty silly reason for him to quit. But you could tell he's just like, I don't need this shit. I'm here to just help out. Uh, they asked me to do it, but I don't need to deal with this shit. I'm out of here. Don't you feel yeah. like that's what he did? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't blame him for it. The thing about picking the locations was pretty annoying. He was like, yeah. no, nah, that's no good. <laughs> it's got to look like uh, it's, it's 500 years old. You're not going to find it in L.A. Yeah, and he kind of screwed himself on that. Yeah. And then Pete Fairley kind of came in and, and kind of threw a wrench into it by saying, well, let's go to uh, to Atlanta. Uh, yeah. So that... That was that was a bit of a, a a cluster because they need to keep it in L.A. And remember, there was the thing where um, he said, "Oh, there are lots of mansions in California. You guys could find a place easily." And she goes, "Duly noted." <laughs> and they're like, "Whoa, so you just got a duly noted? That means go f yourself." <laughs> it happened again on this the last last Sunday. She did it to. Somebody on, on the set. I'm gonna totally use that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's awesome. That's the best passive aggressive way to tell somebody to go take an F. Uh, yeah. Let me ask you there guys you this: go. from the footage you've seen filmed with, with the gum, with the dialogue of the film that they're making, does it look amusing in any way? Yeah. Not my kind of well, comedy. The little the little comedy snippet they showed on there, and everybody in the room just. Bosting out what? laughing. <laughs> it's just like, it's not that. So anyway, Bill, um, how do you feel about Effie? And in the nicest way possible. I'm not a fan of hers. Um, she, she, in her stubbornness, she, she, she's not, you know what? She's gotten to the point where she doesn't care what anybody thinks of her. And she just does. She just says it. And I guess I have to admire that, but. Um, I don't know. It's like you said; they're setting her up for a. You know, she's the she's the evil person she's in the, the edit. Villain. They made her the villain of yeah. the of the piece. Yeah. And I honestly felt that when the first episode, when she 
Uh, and if you're looking for somebody tough to keep you on budget, that's the girl. That's I the woman, saw her the as someone watch. that would the the guy whose name is Jason. Why does his name have to be Jason? But <laughs> she would go to bat for him and fight for him, and he would just ask for something, and she would get it for him. But instead, he kind of was just. He's kind of. He's let's face it. He's autistic, isn't he? Yeah, he's definitely on the scale. <laughs> he's on yeah. the spectrum here. I I don't consume dairy, and uh, he just eats. I don't drink coffee. I don't drink caffeine. Yeah, he's high uh, on life. Yeah, and he's got these mannerisms that make me want to cock punch him. <laughs> I I heard that on something this week, and I thought it was the funniest thing I heard. So that's like my word of the day. That's great. <laughs> But I think, uh, like, Ben and Matt Damon are really cool how they're very, like, uh, encouraging for them. So why wouldn't they be? Their faces are Project Greenlight. But you know it drives, like, the producers crazy when, you know, Matt's like, or uh, Ben Affleck, he's like, yeah, I only shoot on film. You know, film, for me, it's like uh, this uh, big deal. Yeah, you're an Oscar winner. (laughs) It's like, this guy, he's making a movie for hbo okay Mm -hmm. and also like me and matt decided to put forward a hundred grand of our uh salary or whatever and hbo's embarrassed no we can't let you do that we'll give them the money you know (laughs) i can't i i honestly i've been text you i was like i can't believe they gave him film that just seemed like such a you know what i think they were pissed off that uh, Effie torched the Fairly Brothers connection, and they're like, you know what? Let's give it to them. Let's just let's let's because uh, they knew it was her that did it, right? So they're like, and she, they knew that she was the one that was dead set against it. So why not, you know, rub some salt in the wound, right? And <clears throat> she was dead against it for a good reason that they just didn't have the money. Yeah, and they could use. That $300,000 for whatever else down the line. Three extra days of shooting. Yeah, three extra days of shooting. And um, I don't know. I'm curious. None of the Project Greenlight movies have turned out worth a damn, have they? No. no. They're not. They're nothing memorable. Well, I, I, what? The Battle of Shaker Heights. Yeah, which I've seen. Um, I never saw the first Pete Jones movie. I never watched no, that. No, neither did I. Stolen Summer. Never seen that. And I, P- Pete Jones seems like a I nice guy, but man, is he a pasty Irishman, isn't he? Oh my God, isn't he? <laughs> He's the pastiest guy. But uh, he seems like, you know, a good guy or whatever. He's good people. It's And I think it's funny that uh, Jason wanted to replace him, like, immediately. <laughs> yeah, and then in and the then most recent episode, he's pissed off that he has to leave. He's like, we never had it in the budget for him to stay. There's no reason for him to stay. But I'm curious to how this movie will turn out, because it looks like just some, like, he wants to be BBC America right. so bad. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you think he's an Anglophile, Bill? Definitely yeah. an Anglophile. Look at his main cast. <laughs> British yeah. people. <laughs> Two British guys. And I swear this plot sounds... It seems to be best friends off camera as well. Let me ask you guys this, though. Is this his Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Like, Oh, yes. Is he just basically making Dirty Rotten Scoundrels or whatever? He absolutely is. I mean, it's one guy who's found a... They're both from the bad side of the tracks, if you want to call it that. And one's trying to better himself through society. 
and the other one where I thought he was conning. Isn't he conning the family for money? He wants to marry into the rich family. Right, he's conning the family to thinking he's well-to-do English. And the... um, the, then his brother shows up, and he's like the, the, the Rick big... Mayall brother. Yeah, <laughs> that's just wild and crazy. I don't know. I mean, up. I am very much enjoying the series, and I do like. Uh, oh Jesus! <laughs> like uh, probably once per episode when uh, he's but like once we, or twice per episode. I, I'm like every five seconds, I'm doing what. Well, no. the the guy comes off. Well, I don't know. I can't remember what his name is, but he comes across very, you know, that with nail and eye. Uh, right. It, yeah. It was a Richard Grant, Richard E. Grant. It was uh, yeah, with yeah. nail. He is very Richard E. Grantish, isn't he? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I do. I do think it's interesting that. You know, maybe Peter Farrelly, he acted like he didn't care. Like, remember when they abandoned that script and went with Jason's script? Yeah. I wonder if he's like, oh, okay, that's great. But part of him was like, assholes? You know, I had a script already for you guys or whatever. I don't know. Maybe that didn't bother him. I don't know. But, uh... I don't know. We're going to have to... We'll, we, I guess maybe we'll never know. Or maybe <laughs> he'll produce that script or direct it eventually, and we'll get to see the, the majesty that was the, uh... Not the, another pretty woman. It the honestly, pr- the other pretty woman. Yeah. It sounded no, not another pretty. Woman. Oh, not another pretty. It woman. It sounded like a really bad idea. <laughs> it just sounded like whenever somebody pitches a movie and it's just like, I would never watch this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny because you think of, I think of myself as like if I were making films, it would be this, this, and this. And then you see other people are making films and are like, yeah, it's like this. Um, this guy who wants to marry into this rich family, like they've got, like they're super wealthy, and he's got and, a crass brother. That yeah, comes and it's funny comedy. It where it's like I wouldn't want to make that movie. <laughs> it's brilliant and it's never been done before. It's like no, 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 no. So, guys, we have some voicemail. Why don't we get to it? Huh? All right. The first voicemail we have. Is from. What's funny is I didn't label these because <laughs> I didn't have time to. Well, I guess we'll find out who it's from. The first one is from Mike Chinstroker. Oh, nice. Let's check it out. Hey guys, Mike here with a very belated uh, wishing of happy anniversary to you on the 10 year anniversary of our podcast. 10 years, that's Thank absolutely you. incredible. I um, didn't even realize podcasts have been going that long, so uh, well done there. Yeah, I've been listening since day one, pretty much. And. I just want to thank you guys for, first of all, continuing to do the podcast, but also I think that, w- that one of the things I've always got a feeling about Nora Mulberry, that's entertainment land for, is that one of, one of the things that's kind of at the core of your show, and I don't know whether this is intentional, something that you've really ever considered or even talked about, but is the idea that I think, I think in the sort of the, the pressures and the uncertainty of the adult world, Sometimes it is nice to look back at the kind of the, the certainty and the comfort of, of our childhood and our adolescence and, uh, you know, video games, comic books, movies, TV, that kind of thing. And I think that not only does your show achieve that, I think that in, in a very meta way, you kind of actually do that yourselves. I think that the having your sort of companionship over such a long period of time as a listener it kind, it kind of creates that certainty and creates that kind of comfort that I think sometimes we crave as adults in that as I say the uncertainty of the adult world 
and I think that's a very sort of important service that you guys provide to your listeners as well. Also, uh, I don't know if you guys have this. I don't know what your podcast listening habits are, whether you guys listen to podcasts or not. But there's, there's one sort of there's a weird kind of sensory memory element to podcasts as well. Because I mean, I have always commuted for work, and I've had jobs where I've had to sort of um, run around, catch buses, trains around the city quite a lot during the day, and I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yours, yours obviously included, and. I've come to sort of associate certain areas, certain geographic areas, with certain very specific memories of listening to podcasts. For example, there's, there's a train station in Birmingham that I've got a very clear, very randomly clear kind of sensory memory of waiting for a train at one Friday afternoon, and it was it was the week you'd released it was it was your Cloverfield review episode. And at any time I go past that area now, I always just I always sort of reconnect to that memory in the way that certain smells remind you of a certain time um, and I've got a lot of moments like that with, with Noah M. Aubrey there's particularly back home in England um, the, the, the areas of Birmingham where wherever I'm there I'll, I'll get little flashes of oh yes I remember you discussing discussing this episode of Smallville or, or something similar to that so and, and also I mean uh, in a very real way as well I mean your your podcast was 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 one of the podcasts if not the podcast that made me want to do my own show which I've now been doing for eight years still doing and I met my wife through that show she was a listener of, of Chinstroker versus Punter and we got chatting over social media and etc etc and we've now got a child so I mean I don't want to I don't want to get into issues of causality here but in many ways um, you, my daughter would not exist if it wasn't for Entertainment Landfill I mean that may sound like a ridiculous thing to say but you can you can trace it back so I mean if, for no other reason than that thank you guys keep going as I say you're providing a great service for people and I will keep listening and love you guys all the best Wow, thank you. That is awesome. Isn't that? I love Mike and Hannah. Yeah, they're great. And <laughs> and Chloe. And Chloe, oh, yeah. I know. They're a beautiful daughter. And I know you're just saying that, but come on. <laughs> we really caused them to meet? <laughs> it was it was our, our dulcet tones. That, uh, I'll, can... I'll take it. I'll take it. That's awesome. Something good came out of our show. <laughs> No, but the the, one, the best thing about doing this show all this time is all the cool people we've met. You know, yeah. not physically in person, you know, but just online people that we know is so cool. There's a lot of them, you know, over the years, and that's the best thing, man. Really cool. Thank I you can't so get. Much. I can't wait to get to the point in time where I get to travel and actually meet some of these people. You know, because at this point, they're family. They're not. They're not listeners. They're not friends. They're family. Like I, I've, I've, you know, being friends with them on Facebook, being friends with them on Instagram. You know, it's like you, you've gotten to know these people over the the years that we've done this show, and we've shared some of our, you know, deepest like, thoughts. You know, past. You know, whatever. And so whatever. Not so deep. <laughs> not so deep. Yeah, but it's um, yeah, it's it's really sort of amazing that. There, there. We do have this huge worldwide extended family. It's wonderful. Yeah, it is absolutely. Were you going to say anything else, Stephen? Nope. Okay, I thought you were. Okay, oh, we have God. another voicemail. Sorry, I got up really early this morning. I was yawning. Oh, boo! Sorry. Yeah, same. So I, I'm feeling it, Stephen. Three thirty this morning was early. I, oh, geez, <laughs> you beat me. You beat me by three hours. All right, guys, we have another voicemail, and this one, I believe, is from Rick. Let's check it out. Yeah. Hey, guys, it's Yay. Rick again. 
Oh, it's good to be back. Uh, I've still been listening, so don't worry. Uh, I've just been traveling for a while, so it's kind of uh, when I got back, I had to uh, catch up on some episodes and stuff. Cause, uh, yeah, I was too busy, uh, you know, catching tuk-tuks and stuff. Anyway, um, yeah, I've been loving the episodes, uh, and the uh, Chuck episodes have been great too. I kind of uh, need to rewatch that. I think I think it's I need, just need to find someone who wants to watch it with me. I'll watch which it, which would you, uh, be a bit more fun. Um, what have I been up to? Uh, I've been playing this game called Journey. Uh, you might have oh, played nice. it already. It's pretty old. Oh yeah, I know. It does. I think it came yeah, out on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred or Thirteen. I got it on PS Four, and it is just one of the best games ever made. I don't know why, but I've played it probably about four or five times now. It only lasts about an hour or two hours if you take your time. It's a pretty short game, but just the name, Journey, it's it's all about the journey, and uh, if you haven't played it, I would seriously recommend it because so it's, journey it's like a great experience, you know. Because that uh, so, stop believing. Yeah, uh, I'll try and send some more voicemail because, uh, you know, I'm still listening to the show and I'm still loving it. And this is where I find out all my information. So thank you so much. Guys. Awesome. Uh, I love you all so much. Kisses. Kisses. Bye. <laughs> We've missed Rick. Do we provide any useful information? I wonder that at times. No. Just no. entertainment. Information. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rick. That's awesome. Another person we've known for a long time through the show. And I'm jealous of all his trips he posts online. I know. I God. Crap. There was one I was like, he's like an adventurer. His like photo collage. Yeah. Him, he's like, freaking Walter Mitty. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. There's like one, he's wrestling an octopus or something. Uh, he's, he's got like a, a, you know, a harpoon standing on the bow of a ship or something. <laughs> It's like, whoa, his life he's leading. It's awesome. He's in the rainforest. I'd be exhausted if I went and hung out with him. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. It's I know like, for a fact hey, I wouldn't be able to. I'd I'm last about two hours. i napping for two days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys have way too much fun. I'm, I'm too old to. for that shit. And you know what? I just want to apologize for my dog who ruins every voicemail on the show. I just, I'm <laughs> sorry, guys. I didn't hear her. You didn't hear <laughs> No. I thought that was Rick. <laughs> you know what? What is a scam? You want to know what a scam is? The other day, you know, we took baby to get her bath. You know, she gets her nails trimmed, which is fine, you know. And you need to took her to the spa. You need him to do that other thing that beagles need done. Oh. But anyway, I said, you know what? Stinky. We're out of um, heartworm medication oh my god that shit is yeah that's a scam it's 57 dollars for a six month supply of this shit i never get a six month supply i always get like three months and then skip a couple months yeah when i said hey i needed that and he goes okay that'll be 57 dollars and something cents i was like what why are you sure she's going to get worms if I just don't give her this? Come on. Yeah. She might be fine, right? 
Absolutely. I don't think we've ever given any of our dogs any heartworm medication. <laughs> I would I tell Heather that this six months of supply is actually a year because you skip a month. Yeah, <laughs> you that's know? that's exactly what I do. Every two months you give her the pill. But I yeah, just, it's like, not like birth control or something. It's not like it needs to be taken every day. It does not need to be that expensive, you know? It's not like that. Got to order that one eight hundred pet med. Does that same guy who bought the HIV medicine buy the heartworm medication? I think. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think Martin Screlly, uh has the corner, the market cornered on the heartworm medication. That guy needs to be cock punched. <laughs> Am I right? I think that's the title of the show this week. <laughs> cock punch. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Sounded squishy. <laughs> you ruptured something. All right, we have another voicemail. This one from Adam. Adam Sexton. I have to say Sexton because, you know, it's either yeah. Adam Howard or Adam Sexton. So let's check it out. And, baby, no howling or barking or any of that stuff. I'll try. Oh, you stay in here. Hey, Entertainment Landfall crew. Adam hey. Sexton here dropping off some feedback. I enjoyed the last episode, the new canon. You discussed a lot of Star Wars topics, which I can't respond to since I haven't watched the Clone Wars. Like I said, I would. I have no excuse. And uh, like you, I would like a Blu-ray release of the original trilogy, but that's only going to work if Disney and 20th Century Fox can work out a deal since the latter still has home video distribution rights, especially for the original trilogy. So... Uh, and it needs to be restored properly, so I am hoping that they reach an agreement and we may actually uh, see it happen pretty soon. I thought that uh, Bill's impression of Emperor Palpatine was hilarious, and I don't know about you, but it sounds he sounds uh, less like Ian McDermott and more like Kenneth Mars from Young, Young Frankenstein, so mm-hmm. just uh, just keep that in mind. I've uh, read some positive reviews. I don't know if you've heard about this uh, documentary. Uh, there's an upcoming documentary about Brian De Palma, and I think it's directed by Noah Baumbach and uh, Jake Paltrow. Oh, wow. And it's inspired me to start revisiting some of De Palma's earlier films. Some of them are playing on cable, but the rest I'll have to uh, uh, check out from uh, Netflix's uh, DVD library. Criterion recently released Dress to Kill on Blu-ray, and they released Blowout in the previous year. And I realized I haven't seen either one of those films in widescreen, and I haven't seen the unrated cut of Dress to Kill. I think the the first and the last time I watched either of those films were uh, from cable during the 90s. So uh, I've rented them both from uh, Netflix, and those films hold up beautifully. Oh, God, yeah. The uh, De Palma documentary is making its way through festivals right now, so I hope it will eventually get uh, released by on, on Netflix or Hulu or something. And it sounds like a retrospective, not unlike the John Milius documentary that came out last year, which I also oh, yeah, loved. Excellent. And I haven't heard you guys talk about uh, De Palma's output that much on the show, so I'm kind of wondering how you feel about his films. Uh, Netflix is also sending me the Canon Films documentary, Electric Boogaloo, this weekend, so I'm looking forward to that. Oh, you'll love it. And uh, I think that's all the news I have for right now. So anyway, uh, I plan to be in the chat room for tonight's episode. I hope Steven makes it for this episode and that he's doing okay. 
And Jason, thank you again for inviting me for the Chuck versus Santa Claus discussion. Keep up the good work, buddy. You're welcome, sir. Good luck with tonight's episode, guys. I will speak to you later. Bye. All right. Thanks a lot, Adam. Yeah, thanks, Adam, for the well wishes. I, I, back in the day, I was a fan of Brian De Palma, especially, you know, who, come on, The Untouchables, I've seen about a million times. I just love that yeah, film. Yeah, Blowout, I've seen a million times. Blowout's one of my all-time favorite films. I mean, I don't think John Travolta's had a better role uh, in his career since no. Blowout. I mean, that's... I mean, in John Lithgow's role in Blowout, his basically he's been typecast as that role in so many things. Well, what I was going to say was like, has Brian De Palma made a decent film since? Uh, I mean, come on, I Casualties of War is pretty good film, right? I it's mean, okay. Uh, it, it is. It's just okay, but. Raising Cane. <laughs> Raising Cane was awful. It was god-awful. Carlito's, Carlito's way. way. I mean, come on. It's Al Pacino being Al Pacino, so at least <clears throat> yeah. it's watchable. Mission Impossible, that's an entertaining film. Snake Eyes, god-awful. God, I will never forget when I saw <laughs> Snake Eyes in the theater. That was probably my biggest disappointment Pain. in life. I forget what else was out that year that I wanted to go see. And then I saw, oh, Snake Eyes came out this weekend. Let's go see that. Oh, man. Cool. They made a G.I. Joe movie. Awesome. No, <laughs> I, I, full, I was fully aware of what I was getting into, except I wasn't aware of what I was getting into. Right. And you it know was, what? <laughs> Mission to Mars. I like it. I, I can watch that's it. That's the Val Kilmer on. one, right? No, no, no. Um, no, that's Red Planet. Red, yeah, Planet. Red Planet. That okay. movie, no. Mission to Mars is the one with Gary Sinise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and um, Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins, he takes his helmet off in space. Not really smart. You don't do that unless you want to freeze your head, right? Mm. But but I think he did it on purpose. The ultimate brain freeze. <laughs> He's like, dude, I'm, it's hot out here. This slurpy's intense. <laughs> I I don't know if it's the weird Ennio Morricone uh, music in that movie, but I enjoy the movie. It's very, it's at a weird kind of slow pace, and it just oh. kind of takes its sweet ass time. And the part where they get to the alien kind of uh, the alien head, the alien thing, I think all that's pretty cool. What do you guys think of that movie? Mission to Mars. Yeah, I liked watching it. I, I've seen it a few times. Have you seen it in a long time, Bill? No, not in a very long time. Do you remember the ending? Wasn't that with all the dinosaurs? Uh, or was that the beginning? Uh, no, I think I know what you're talking about. There's a part they go to a map room and it shows them like a CGI of Earth. and the Yeah, it's been a very long time. There's a part uh, you see dinosaurs. It shoots... Uh, Gary Sinise off like in a little pod. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You so he's like a star child? <laughs> the, yes, he's a baby at the end. Lieutenant no. Dan, he's a star child. <laughs> okay, Femme Fatale, terrible movie, am I right? Unwatchable. I've tried to watch it because, you know, hey, Rebecca Romaine. Rebecca Romaine, Stamos. Scantily oh. clad in the movie, can't sit through it. Not, no. no. I can't get, make it through there. I don't think I ever got through all of Black Dahlia. No. No, can't. Redacted. Never saw Redacted. I remember Redacted. That was like, I remember reading about it because he was like, I'm going to shoot in HD like uh, Michael Mann does, where it looks like shit on video. <laughs> and uh, it looked like shit. I couldn't do it. But he made a lot of fantastic films. 
like Untouchables, Body Double, Blowout, like you said. And we can't forget about, come on, we can't forget about Scarface. Uh, I've probably seen Scarface, Body Double, and Dress to Kill way too many times as a child. You know, I think about my daughter who's <laughs> yeah. 11. I'd probably seen Scarface multiple times, like, at her age. You know? Yeah, I, I would have to say the same thing, because my dad loved that film. And I, I was probably eight years old whenever like, he watched it. Oh, yeah, there's this part with the chainsaw where he's got a guy in the shower, and you're like, dude, i got to see this. <laughs> and you see it, and, of course, you know, it's never as bad as you imagine. But, oh, we can't forget about Phantom of the Paradise. I've seen that, of course. But Oh, yeah. I think that he, uh, we're going to say 70s, 80s were the best time for uh, Brian De Palma. Easily. That was his era. Yeah. I'm not saying he doesn't have another great film in him, but uh, it's been a while, man. For me, anyway. Anything I've wanted to watch. But I just remember Raising King being so bad. <laughs> it's laughably bad. And I remember getting Raising Cain from, like, the Columbia House VHS thing. Because <laughs> that, that was a thing that I was obsessed with. Like, oh, I can get, you know, 12 movies for a penny? I don't even remember what it was. A dollar? And I remember getting that and watching it over and over again. And just... Oh I Baby! Regretting it. Oh, my God. I forgot he did Wise Guys with Danny DeVito and Joe Piscopo. Oh. That movie, I remember, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember being hilarious. I remember Mm. loving it. There's a part, I remember, where Captain Lou Albano is in it. And he plays this big gangster thing. And uh, they're in a hotel room, and they're assorting, like, his laundry. Because, you know, they do things for Captain Lou Albano because he's the... Um, he's the mafia don or whatever. And there's a part where he goes, this guy holds up this giant white thing. He goes, what kind of pillowcase is this? And he goes, that's my underwear, you asshole. (laughs) And there's a part where they make Joe Piscopo put on a bulletproof, you know, it's like a, a, like this nice, uh, sports jacket and it's supposed to be bulletproof. And he's like, Hey, put this on. And he's like, okay, boss. And he puts it on and he starts shooting at him. Do you remember that? He like yeah. shoots it. I remember that movie being funny. I don't know. What do, you, do you remember that bill? <laughs> I'll have to revisit that I one because I barely remember it. <laughs> it's wise guys with, uh, it's got a 5.5 on IMDb. So well, you know it's an IMDb knows. It's got Danny DeVito, Joe Piscopo, Harvey Keitel, Ray Sharkey. Ah. Remember Ray Sharkey? That Ray guy was Sharkey. Great. Dan Hedaya, Patty Lupone. It's got a great cast. Check that shit out. Patty Lupone. <laughs> All right, we've got another. Does it have Chris Burke in it? I didn't see that. Chris Burke. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh, I know I have the White Album. <laughs> I want to pull it out now. All right, we've got one more voicemail, guys. This is one from Darren. Let's check it out. Uh, good evening, uh, Entertainment Landfill. It's uh, Darren from the UK, Birmingham. And let's go and say hello. Uh, it's been a lot. Actually, it's been a while since my last uh, message. It's been a while. Oh, funny how time flies. I don't know where time is now anymore. I mean, I had it's time, temporal. and now I don't. I mean, me and my friend Paul would do podcast, but it's just, when do we do it? When do we edit it? 
and I've just done some editing to tonight. It took me two hours to do 20 minutes, but we're not meant to do it. It was meant to be another episode of our thing, but um, unfortunately, uh, he's got a book. And it's one of those nasty ones. Hopefully it's just 24 hours. But I'm glad you're still putting out episodes because whenever I get one, it makes me happy. Um, watching. Watching stuff. Well, I've got Netflix, so I've been trying to sometimes see what's been on there. And often I'm distracted by classic old shit stuff like The Prophecy. But I did watch oh, wow. a film I hadn't seen before, uh, Mockingjay oh, Part 1. It was, you know, better than I thought it would be. House of Cards Season 1, almost got the end of that. Bit of catching up to do. But again, it's finding the time to binge watch, and I ain't got much time for watching binge anymore. Um, so, actually, uh, I'll tell you something else uh, that's been happening in Birmingham. Um, I'll explain what I'm spending time doing, is looking at owls. The last three months, there were 89 five-foot-five-high painted owls. Painted a variety of designs, mosaics, um, shiny things, um, owl and pussycat, uh, Ozzy Osbourne, owls uh, all around Birmingham. Uh, in an aid of Bill Children's Hospital, uh, which had been auctioned recently for half a million pounds each, but it was a, a fantastic public art thing, and I think we got to see about 76 out of 89. Phew. Called a big hoot. Yes, a big hoot. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> that's the latest uh, culture news from Birmingham. Um, I hope you have a great show and keep on going. Bye bye. All right, Darren. Thanks a lot. There was one of the TARDIS called <laughs> Dr. Hoot. Excellent. Well, thanks a lot, man. That was cool. Um, oh, Bill, this is for you. Oh. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Sorry, I can't hear Patty phone and not think it. Did the Life Goes On have the Beatles version? It was no, the- God, they couldn't afford that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we can afford to play it right now. <laughs> oh my God, you're right. What am I doing? Can't play the Beatles? Now Michael Jackson owned all those songs, and he's dead now. So it's just public domain, right? It's uh, Beatles went public back domain. To, uh, Paul, I believe. Uh. Oh, wow. Holy shit, that's like... The family's... Fergie! I love the show. I actually watched this. Oh, so did I. I've watched Life Goes On every week. That dog sitting in front, waiting. He's holding his bowl in his mouth, though. Remember that? Yeah, and then at the end, he just drops the bowl. It's a problem. Dogs get up too early. Some questionable keyboard there. (laughs) (laughs) The final countdown. 
boy. Okay, you I like get that. It's subtitled in Spanish. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's so funny. Like on the YouTube, the weirdest things you'll find. Like, well, I remember we would we would try to find old episodes of Ed, and they were subtitled in like Danish or something. Yeah, just somebody somewhere is like, I'm going to upload this to YouTube. <laughs> you know, some guy in Scandinavia you with know. Norwegian subtitles. Yeah, it's awesome. That's pretty cool. Bill, you want to do some DVDs or anything? Yeah, sure. Let's do some DVDs. All right. Let's do the DVDs or something like that. Or something like that. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do the DVDs. Steven, you want to do some DVDs? Let's do it. Sit down, Ceylon. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, Bill. Damn, I messed that up. But uh, what do we got in the DVDs this week? All right, DVDs for October 20th, 2015. Starting off with the Blu-ray blue, 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 blue release of Faster Pussycat Kills. All right. Uh, this is one. Of, I was obsessed with that movie as a kid. I never watched it, but I just remember the posters. It's like, oh, my gosh, Russ Meyer boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that I think that poster was in every head shop in Pittsburgh for some reason. I, I don't get it. It was they were just obsessed with Russ Meyer posters. Oh yeah, totally. Um. Oh yeah, he like he liked the boobs. He did, and uh, he and Roger Ebert were uh, pals, old buddies, old pals. Yeah, I Heather and I sat and sat up one night and watched that. What is it? Return to the Valley of Dolls. Yes. Yeah. Of course, it's god awful. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's one of the worst pieces of shit ever put on celluloid. Boobs, boobs, butt, butt, man, 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 man. All right. Next, uh, we have Atari Game Over on Blu-ray. Oh, cool! You know, it's available like everywhere to stream. You don't have to buy it. Well, you know, just in case you want to sink $20 into a 60-minute documentary that has no extras, uh, you can buy it on Blu-ray now. Totally. I'm going to do that. Uh, Next we have, because it is coming up on the day that we go into 2015 and Back to the Future 2, (gasps) October 21st, 2015, we have the complete adventures of Back to the Future on Blu-ray. Awesome. encompasses not only the trilogy but the cartoon series really yeah huh and it comes in a flux capacitor box now that's cool i know and if i had 90 dollars, i would buy it but i actually already own all three of the films and I honestly don't remember liking the cartoon. No, I, I've seen it. Uh, I've seen clips of it, like on YouTube, but I never watched it. I was too old for it at the time. 
yeah. So uh, if you if you have nostalgia for it, why not? I know this week uh, the XD screens are going to be showing the trilogy. Right, and, and you know what? I'm going. What? I'm going to go see it. Are you really? Yeah, I asked Emma if she was interested, and she was like, yeah, let's do it. So next Wednesday, we're going to go. <laughs> and, you, you know, if she wants bastard. To, if she wants to bail, like, after Back to the Future 2, you know, because it'll... It'll be getting late by then. Oh, yeah. And it's a school night. I'll be like, okay, we don't have to watch part three. But if she, she'll stick around, we'll watch all three. I wanted to go so bad, and I have a freaking midterm lab practical at six o'clock. Oh, man. I know. I was so pissed. I'm just excited to watch the first one, honestly. uh, Yeah, that's really what I wanted. I wanted to just see the first one and then leave. But. I even asked my I asked my instructor. I was like, "Hey, uh, you know, Mr. Kish, uh, you know, that's a big day on Wednesday. Yeah, that's a you know the lab practical. It's uh, you studying for it. Yeah, like, I wanted to uh, ask you about not what that. I'm about. <laughs> uh, are there any other labs during the week that I could you know maybe do the practical? Why? Well, you know, Back to the Future is, uh, and he goes. Back to the Future, no. Star Wars, I would understand. But what? not Back to the Future. <laughs> I, I so wish that your teacher's name was Mr. Strickland, though. Oh, I know. He's, yeah, he'd be like, you're a slacker. slackers! <laughs> it's like, oh, he's got a shotgun? Good lord. Yeah, so um, I can't I can't get out of it on Wednesday, uh, so that's a little disappointing for me. Emma sat through the entire playthrough of the Telltale Back to the Future game, like on YouTube. Just she watched somebody play it, and she loved it. Was it PewDiePie? <laughs> I don't think so. She said oh, she can't you. get into PewDiePie. Good for her. Good girl. She likes Stampy Longnose. No, God. That's even worse. <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> Do you want to be a slacker for the rest of your life? You know, yes. Honestly, like, it was the kind of thing we, you know, we went to, uh, Steve and I went to see The Martian, and I saw that thing for Back to the Future. Right. And I was like, uh, you know, I'll just bring it up to Emma to see what she, you know, I was like, would you, could you sit through a triple feature of all three movies? She's like, yeah. So we'll see what really happens. Yeah. I want, I want real time live updates, even while I'm in the middle of a 100 question practical. And I'm trying to think the first time I saw back to the future was in the theater with my dad. I remember that. And I think I only saw it once in the theater. Because back then, when you're a kid, you're not like, yeah, "Can yeah. I go see it again? Come on, let's all go." And it's like, "No, no, no, we saw it." You know. Yeah. Back to Future Two, though, I think I saw it at least twice, and Back to Future Part Three I saw once. But uh, I did see them all in the theater. But I would like to see them in an XD theater. That'd be pretty cool. God, I'm so jealous. Uh, Target has a really cool steel book of the uh, the trilogy, the 30th anniversary trilogy. Uh, it's all going to be on Netflix, I believe, this month. E- or on oh the yeah, first. yeah, yeah. yeah it, Doc, that's it's yeah. So, anyways, moving on. And by the way, I have seen the movies too many times, so I can see myself getting sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yeah, I don't doubt. I probably would be too. I don't know. I'm I'm not real good for marathons, so 
I would probably be sitting there the whole time going, I should probably be studying for my my lecture midterm. I probably wouldn't be able to enjoy it. So I'm just going to talk myself out of it at this point. Right. Just I'll just make excuses. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Hey, think with flying all right, now we have the uh, releases, These a ton of these exclusive releases for the Jurassic Park films, uh, since Jurassic World is hitting uh, Blu-ray, DVD, and uh, 3D Blu-ray this week. So you can pick up uh, these limited, uh, limited edition round tins at Best Buy, and that made me think of the round tin that Artesian did for Total Recall uh, ages ago. She's into like Malacca's, Dino. It was a Mars tin. I always thought it was called Artisan <laughs> Entertainment. <laughs> oh, yeah, so did I. But it probably is Artisan. I just like to say Artesian. I like Artisan pizzas. Me too. They're delicious. Especially if they're, like, if they're uh, stone-baked. Or what else is there? <laughs> Brick oven. Fresh. <laughs> Freshetta brick oven artisan pizza. Uh, so yeah, we've got these limited edition round tins uh, and also 3D releases of the uh, Jurassic Park collection because they went back and redid all the films in 3D. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember when they released the first one in 3D. Maybe it's just the first one, but uh, we've got Jurassic Park, Jurassic. Park, Lost World, Jurassic Park 3, and Jurassic World. Don't and they have a lunchbox tin at uh, Walmart as an exclusive. I'm not allowed to talk about the Lost World anymore, so uh, okay, we'll just move on. Yeah. <laughs> that, that Tyrannosaurus is in San Diego! Yeah! Oh my god, how'd that happen? Vince Vaughn, you're so quirky. Uh, all right, moving on. We have Kristen Bell in the Lifeguard on Blu-ray. Seen it? Did you? Yeah. Any good? It's uh, it's very interesting. It's right. it's one of those kind of indie films that's like, uh, should I tell you what it's about? I mean, I'm sure she has a relationship with an underage kid or something. She's very, she's very good in it. And yeah, that's what it's about. Having, she has a relationship with an underage, uh, boy and, uh, it's very uncomfortable and interesting. And it's like, okay, uh, let's see what else is on Netflix when it's, okay. yeah, right. and, uh, she's great in it. Awesome. And, and Martin Starr is in it also. Oh, well, that's always a good sign. We love Bill Haverchuk. Yeah, he's the best. All right, moving on. We have Paper Towns on Blu-ray. Paper and Towns. Remind me. Apparently, this is from the writer of The Fault in Our Stars. Oh, oh, yeah. What's that guy's name? Uh, um, shit. Jonathan something? I can't remember his name. Come on, uh, it just says from the author of The Fault in Our Stars. That's all they care about. They're just like, hey, hey, the author of The Fault in Our Stars wrote this. What the hell is that guy's name? John Green? Is it John Green? Hello, this is Chuck to remind Bill to shut up. <laughs> oh, okay. 
<laughs> yes, it is John Green. <laughs> I was trying to find Freaks and Geeks drops. <laughs> well, that was good. Uh, next, we have Peaky, Peaky Blinders, the complete first season on Blu-ray. Oh, this is the... Shut up, Bill! That's disgusting! Uh, <laughs> yes, there we go. That's Peaky better. Blinders, that's on Netflix. Nobody needs to buy that. I know, really? Yeah, I guess unless I, you don't have Netflix. It's the people that like go to the, the red box. Yeah, I saw is, my dad make a post recently. He does these, I recommend all these things, you know, like, uh, I just watched this on Netflix. People should check it out. And someone he knows said, <laughs> I don't have Netflix and I'm <laughs> never going to get Netflix. It's like, whoa. He's like, whoa. those grouchy old people. <laughs> I can't believe they raised it a dollar and I don't need to, I don't want to subscribe to nothing where you need them internets. All I need is the red box next to Walgreens and that's <laughs> all I'm going to get. <laughs> I love the red box. You put, you put your card in it and it spits out a movie in one of them there clamshelly cases. I love just... the red box, and I love the red fox. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming, Elizabeth. <laughs> it's the big one. Uh, Shout Factory has taken it upon themselves to release the Tales from the Crypt Presents films on Blu-ray. Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> uh, first, we have Demon Knight. Demon Knight! I like that movie. I so do it. I. Uh, do the one with Billy Zane and um, yep. uh, William Sadler. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very entertaining film. Who directed that? Was that Ernest Dickerson? <laughs> yes, it was. Nice. That guy, yep. he does TV now, but... I it's like a really fun film. I, I remember this being one of the ones that I got from like that Columbia House. I remember that uh, um, filter, that filter song. Hey man, nice shot is in it, and I was like, "What is that song?" You know, that's a great song. Hey, man, that song's nice about shot. Kurt Cobain. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the next thing. I remember this dumbass that I worked with. Was like, that song's all about Kurt Cobain. You know that? I, hey man, nice shot. You know, there's a guy who I work with who still says that every time I hear it. <laughs> it's like, dude, shut up. <laughs> dude, this isn't 1995. Shut I up. Just, I like the uh, that uh, bass riff or whatever. But that's okay, it's not playing. So whatever. So sounds like, like somebody's the... running a vacuum in the other room. Oh yeah, Jada Pinkett's in that too, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, there we go. I'm trying to think, was that the first film I might have known? Like, okay, that's who Jada Pinkett is. Like, I. What about that, that, like, X rated movie she did? Jason's Lyric? Yes. I never saw that, but I. Neither did I. I think that I. I was aware of her after. I wish I would have met you. He's talking about Kirk Cobain, Steven, man. (laughs) Shut up. Shut up. Uh, I, I remember exactly who the first person it was that told me that it was uh, the when Carolyn was the uh, frame the frame manager. Yeah, uh, her son worked there, and he told me that he was like, "Yeah, so it's about Kurt Cobain." <laughs> what? What? What the happened, Bill? What happened? We lost Bill. Shit, we lost Bill. 
Kurt Cobain disconnected us. Oh my god, <laughs> we need to stop talking about this now. Yeah, he's haunting it. <laughs> uh, and fi- and also Bordello of Blood, which was not good. <laughs> Come on, Dennis Miller. Was Dennis Miller playing Dennis Miller. And the whole damn world. <laughs> we have Bordello of Blood drops. Wow. That's when you do a show... For uh, however long we've been, plus years, you have bordello blood drops. Damn! (laughs) I just remember Chris Sarandon and uh, the flavor of the year, uh, Erica Aliniak. Yeah, she was on uh, Baywatch and she was a Playboy bunny. Yeah, I guess Erica Aliniak left the film industry. I guess. Yeah, after that uh, amazing movie she did. Called, was it Chasers? You know what her or first sh- film was, don't you? Under Siege? No. E.T. She's oh, shit, the girl that's right. Elliot kisses in school. <laughs> and oh, it mimics damn. The Quiet Man with John Wayne. Yep. There's some useless... Oh, yeah. Angie Everhart was in that. <laughs> yeah, she was. She was, she, only- she, was, she was stuck in straight-to-video hell. <laughs> yeah. That was like a theatrical flick, so I'm sure it was like a big deal. By the way, um, Bill, yeah, saw Bordello Blood in the theater. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 if I could have, I probably would have. Stephen, weren't you with me? I believe I was. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we got a movie called we Bordello saw Blood. Movies. We're gonna go see it. <laughs> awesome, Dennis. Then you went home and watched Arena. That's before Dennis Miller yeah, lost his mind and became like this crazy conservative. Yeah, what the hell happened right there? The same time. He was actually funny. Yeah. No, it was it was after nine eleven that he got oh. all weird. Mm, that's too bad. Yeah. And finally, we have Z for Zachariah. Oh, I've always heard that book was really interesting. Yeah, I I'm not aware of this one. But I've heard, I, I think I heard something about it being good. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Oh, it's a, it's a post-apocalyptic thing. That was Zach from Hell's Kitchen. I don't know. Oh, Z for Zachariah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have no memory of that drop at all. Do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, what the hell is that? I am doing his best Danny DeVito penguin. I think what he's doing is someone was yelling or talking to him and he did his impression of them whining at him or something. I don't know. That's funny. Remember the good old days when we watched Hell's Kitchen every week? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Good old Hell's Kitchen. It's raw. It's raw. You donkey. I miss you. You donut. It's raw. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that's Blu-rays and DVDs for this week. Well, thank you, Bill. Thank you for doing the DVDs. You're welcome. I'm. uh, I can get nostalgic for that time when we would uh, watch. Oh God, yeah, like that. It was fun. A lot of fun. When you watched them. 
Huh? I'm still watching them. <laughs> They're still on. I haven't watched the last. I didn't watch. Uh, Hell, I didn't watch it this season. No, I haven't watched the last two seasons of Hell's Kitchen. I didn't watch the last last season of um, uh, Master Chef. Chef. It just ended. Well, so Joe Bastianich isn't on it anymore, so there's no reason. Yeah, Joe Bastianich. Oh, Christine's good. She's okay. I don't I, even know who the hell that I is. I watched the first like two episodes <laughs> of it and. You know, I, I'm entertained by the show. One show that I'll probably keep watching, though, is uh, Top Chef when that comes back on. I just oh, yeah. can't get enough Top Chef. Top Chef's great. I love me some Top Chef. But, uh, yeah, I lost interest in those. I will watch Hotel Hell when it comes back, though. Yeah, when's Hotel Hell coming back? I don't know. It definitely it is because I, I see all of Gordon's uh, Facebook posts and tweets. Oh, my good. <laughs> and he signed some kind of new deal with Fox for all this hours of entertainment. And you hotel, know what? Hotel, hotel, His big deal now is he's doing triathlons with his son. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be doing it Good for them. anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. I do the triathlon from my couch to the bathroom, back to the bed. Yeah. Dude, no, you stop by the refrigerator oh, on the, the way back to the couch, huh? Yeah. That's a triathlon right there, huh? You right got to get your protein in. You know what I have been watching? The new season of Cake Boss. <laughs> what? There was this episode that I so was like, oh, we've got to cover this episode, and I've got to make clips of all of it. I had no idea it was back on. I'm going to have to tag it. These guys come in, Bill, and they want a a LARPer cake. And Buddy's like, what's LARPing? And they're like, (laughs) "Live action role-playing. And Buddy's like, you know what? I'd like to do that. So (laughs) he's got Mauro, and he's got, uh, you know, the other guy, uh, Ralph, and they all go LARPing. (sighs) And they even have, like, this troll thing. It's like, come on, let's go this way. And it's like, talks in a voice, and he's like, all right, I'm going to follow this troll thing over here, you know? <laughs> it's just like, you got to see all it right, to believe now it. now I need to see it. I need to tag Cake I, Boss. I, honestly, I just held my head in my hands. It's just like, oh, God, why am I watching this? You're going, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And Buddy was proud of himself because everyone gets killed but him. And he's like, oh! Vanquish the uh, the evil giant or whatever with with my box truck and of course you know refrigerated and I'm trying to think of what their larping cake was. Their larping cake was so bad. Lightning bolt. It's a lightning. I'm gonna throw a a fondant bolt. Fondant (laughs) bolt. Fondant wrapped in wrapped in foil. I just love how the way cereal treats. You know, the way they set it up, it's like, yeah, we want a LARPing cake. And he's like, what's LARPing? Live action role playing. Live action role playing. And it's like, he's educating us, the viewers, so we know it is too. <laughs> and, uh, hey, yeah. Hey, uh, good old buddy. I, I definitely miss Cake Boss. Hey, I'm on the clouds, everyone. I'm <laughs> for everyone. Oh, I love that. I love Buddy. You can't get enough Buddy. Wee! <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. I'm, I'm just amusing myself now. 
All right, Bill. Thank you so much for doing the DVDs this week. You're welcome. Thank you. Good night. Here all week, try the veal. And Start a Cake Boss podcast. Come on, <laughs> you see, I see that in iTunes. Cake Boss podcast. Cake Boss. Well, what would it be called though? It couldn't be just Cake Boss podcast. It'd have to be something clever like uh, fondant and modeling chocolate, <laughs> <laughs> cereal treats, cereal treats. The, the unofficial Cake Boss podcast. We talk seriously about it. It's like. Well, do you, you know, what's the name of his uh, the the cousin that quit? No, no, no. His nephew, cousin Anthony, Lackawanna, Lackawanna, Lackawanna cast. There you go. You know, it would be great. You could name it Cereal, like the the huge podcast. Oh yes, and the Cereal, cereal treats. treats. Yeah, S E R I A L treats. Yeah. People would really want that NPR podcast. They'd accidentally do the cake box one. You're like, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> what is this cake box horse shit? It's kind of like a fantasy. <laughs> yeah, cereal treats. It's kind of like a fantasy. Cereal treats, the unofficial. No, no, podcast. I got it. Brown water, the brown water <laughs> brown podcast. Water. Hell yeah, brown water. Yeah, somebody would think that's a environmental podcast. Uh. You better check downstairs because I think they're using that brown water. I <laughs> 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 uh, love it. <laughs> Refrigerated box cut, box truck cast. No, it definitely. Do you guys remember this? Go downstairs, Mary. Go downstairs, Mary. The downstairs, Mary. So it's like a degenerate sexual activity. Go downstairs, Mary. <laughs> uh, what, Bill? What did you say? <laughs> I just yeah, got like the dirty party. Sanchez, the downstairs, Mary. The... Oh. <laughs> I don't get claustrophobic. Claustrophobic. Wait, what is it? It's saying? fine. I don't get claustrophobic. <laughs> You're a Lackawanna. Make sure the delivery guy sends me what I need. Ah, uh, good times. What was the the shitty kid that they? Oh shit, <laughs> stretch. No, the um, what? Uh, Stephen, what is his name? The guy who quit. He was the cousin Anthony. Cousin Anthony, hey, cousin Anthony. Yeah, cousin Anthony. On the last last season finale, he quit because he couldn't take Buddy's, uh, you know, shit anymore. And they haven't mentioned him since, have they? They just no. like keep on going. That had to have been an easy paycheck to appear on this stupid show. Yeah. Well, he kept saying stupid shit on Twitter and, like, Instagram and stuff like that. So they probably had to drop him. Oh, yeah, because of his, um, he he was saying stuff like, you shouldn't let those immigrants in our country. And it's like, asshole, where's your family from? Yeah. it's like, oh. uh, All of a sudden, he's Donald Trump, mini Donald Trump. To the box truck, baby! 
Yeah. That's, you know what's funny is uh, the most recent episode I saw had Marissa. Remember, that was the girl who won the next great baker. And oh, okay. Remember, remember how they would do these episodes where they would play jokes on her, throw pie in her face and like – yeah squirt shit all over and she'd be like I have a date later and they'd be like ah ha, ha, ha. They'd be, and I was like dude this is like sexual harassment I don't care Absolutely. what anyone says any other place you work if these guys they keep ruining your clothes every day it's harassment you could go yeah. to HR and yeah. have a lawsuit well they, in this most recent episode they talked to her about like yeah for years you know they've always played practical jokes but uh, and I've been you know I've tried to be nice about it, but I'm going to get, uh, what's the big guy's name? Uh, you know, I'm being very general. There's morrow. Uh, there's not morrow, but the other guy who's always Danny, like, not Danny. The other one, <laughs> Jesus, the other, other one. <laughs> well, she set up a practical joke where she had a class. She teaches a cake class with all these people. And she goes, do you guys all want to get back at this guy f- for me? And they're like, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to call him in there, in here, and you're going to pretend like you want to take pictures with him because, you know, he's famous from the Cake Boss, and he'll eat it up. And then you all reach under here, grab your pies, and you all unload on him or whatever. So they do exactly that. And he is drenched, just absolutely drenched in, like, uh, you know, whipped cream. It was like the whipped cream pie, you know. Yeah, fake pies. And he turns and looks at her, and he goes, one day when you least expect it. Like that be like dude what that sounded wow. scary like a threat go to hr get his ass fired <laughs> yeah and another thing if somebody has been uh playing practical jokes on you for years like a dozen times and you do one thing finally to get back at them there's no when you least expect it i'm gonna get you back yeah. it's like no i just got you back for a dozen times it's time to call the lackawanna pd yeah it really is <laughs> You need some investigators in there right away. Unacceptable. Yeah, exactly. I want to do a podcast with Stretch, Cousin Anthony, and Remy. (laughs) Behind the Fondant. Behind the Fondant. Oh my god, that sounds so good. I like that title. Yeah, it's like Behind the Candelabra. It's Behind the Fondant. Oh my god. The box truck is basically a refrigerator. If you leave it running, it's, you know, refrigerated box truck. It'll be cold in there. <laughs> yeah, nobody asked, buddy, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> because none of us quite understood the logistics of a refrigerated box truck. Yeah. You know, if you leave it running, you know. Oh, it, one of my other favorite buddy drops. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I actually uh, texted this to uh, Adam the other day. And uh, he texted me back. And I thought it was funny. Uh, let me see if I can find it. <laughs> I'm just amusing myself. I'm so sorry, guys. Oh, here it is. Do you guys remember this? You gotta get out of the way! <laughs> Do you remember that? And Is that where they're like dropping the cake? Yeah, and he's like, uh, in almost every episode <laughs> where they're dropping a cake. Oh, I think I remember the other one. It was like, uh, you gotta get out of the way. Oh, and then it's. You gotta go to the side! <laughs> you gotta get out of the way! You know, you it's funny. Sign! The other night, Natalie and I are flipping around the channels in that the episode where he made the bodybuilder cake for the woman. Yeah. 
was on, and I couldn't stop laughing. Was it the one where the mom comes in there, we don't make those kind of cakes, or is that a different one? No, I think that's the one. Where that was like season one, I think. Oh, God, yeah. And then then he ends up, and then and the moment I saw that ugly bodybuilder cake, I was the thought of the cake that he made for his wife. Oh, yeah, he made a like a life-size cake of his wife. Yeah, out of it, cereal treats. And it's the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. Well, if it's cereal treats, it ain't a cake. <laughs> Babe, you know what? That's 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 just semantics. <laughs> if it's covered what in fondant, I? it's a cake. The Grim Reaper for that? Yeah, you are, buddy. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening tonight. We hope you enjoyed the show. It was great to catch up with Bill and Steven. It's one of my favorite pastimes. What about you, Steven? Did you enjoy it? Yes, I had a great time. What and about you, Bill? Did you have a good time? Absolutely. All right, guys. Can't wait to talk about more stuff. Like, uh, I never mentioned Heroes Reborn to you guys. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched it yet, but I will. It is about the same, isn't it? I mean, it's characters you've never heard of, but is it any more interesting? Or have you... I've watched it. I'm I'm up to date on it. And? Um... It's kind of like right there teetering, you know, it's like... What, teetering on whether it goes into a pile of shit or a bigger pile of shit? Yes. (laughs) It's been been watchable and holding my attention, but there's definitely... They balance between like a dozen characters every episode, and there's certain characters where I'm like... Scratch them out, they're done. Yeah, yeah, like, God, I don't care about this character, stop. It's like every time it would go back to Allie Landry. When she goes into cartoon mode. Yeah, there's this one uh, (laughs) Asian girl, Japanese girl, who has a katana, which used to be heroes, I guess. And when she unsheaths it, she turns into a digital version of herself, and she enters a video game. A video game world. She's katana girl. Yeah, she's katana girl. And that's Uh, like... uh, Okay, boss. Yeah, it's yeah. it's gotten a little tiresome. Your story has become tiresome. You know. So anyway, that sounds that. amazing. Yeah, this is amazing, Bill. It's Tim Crane just doing the same shit. I'm like, just, what is, is this the story and, you need to tell? The same thing is save the world. Yeah, it's like it's another always, girl that has to save the world. The entire world hangs in the balance every time. It's yeah, the whole world. Oh, Azel said the podcast should be called Inside the Box Truck. Ooh, mm, yeah. very nice. I like that one, too. An unofficial look <laughs> inside Cake Boss. A very in- special podcast. Inside the box truck. <laughs> it's cold in there. <laughs> it is very cold in there. You, you thought it was cold in there before. <laughs> Well, guys, if you would like to uh, send us uh, any kind of feedback, send it to nimpodcast at gmail.com. Or you could send us a voicemail at 1206-309-4729, I think. (laughs) I tried to do it without looking. Let's see. Can I I do it right? 206-309-4729. Hell yes, I did get it right. I am awesome. <laughs> also, go to nimpodcast.blogspot.com and you can find our link to all of our old shows. If you want to go back and start with episode one, Stephen. I might want to. 
It would take you if you went through Ten one to years day, to listen to him. It would. How long do you think it would take you to listen to every single of our shows, Bill? A, a lot of time. <laughs> We've been doing if, it for 10 years. Wouldn't it take 10 years? Let's say this. If you like lived on a yacht and were traveling the world and you need something to listen to, huh? You got no, you just happen to be in Bali or <laughs> Thailand. You know, I, I, was, I follow uh, Hugh Howie on Facebook. He's the guy who wrote Wool. He's mm-hmm. the, uh, the guy who published the story Wool on Amazon Kindle. And then his book took off, and now it's in bookstores, and he's written lots of other stories, and he's a very successful author. He, Before he became a writer, he was uh, a yacht captain. Like, you know, a lot of, kind of like that show I watch, Below Deck, where, uh, you know, there'll be some rich guy who owns a yacht, and you run the yacht as the captain, and you have a staff, and people, like, rent it out or whatever. And he did that for years, but now that he's like super successful, he had this awesome giant catamaran thing built and he did a video walkthrough and I was watching it just like, dude, that place is awesome. You know, it's got, you know, the flat screens and stuff. He's got a bedroom in there and a kitchen and just, he's got a house, you know, uh, and he's now going to travel the world and write books. And it just like, looks like the most incredible life ever, you know? Yeah. I was just like... You know, I see him as like, today I arrived in Cape Town. And I was just like, God, this life looks awesome, you know. So I want to do that. Me too. So he's going to listen to all of our, uh, yeah, start writing. <laughs> One day I'll have it. No, you know what I want, Bill? You posted it today. I want that new Tesla car. Oh, my God, right? Oh, dude. I was, it was so awesome. So funny the other day I was on the Tesla site. And I was like looking like where all the quick charge stations are. Yeah. Because I remember one of the last times I was down there, the hotel that I was at, the La Quinta or the Best West. No, it was the Best, Best Western, Western had a test, like three Tesla charging stations. No way. That, yeah. That although there was no Tesla there, there were cars parked in them. Oh, awesome. So that's what I need to do. Become a famous author so I can buy a Tesla. And yeah, never have to get gas again. Yeah. Although gas has been pretty cheap lately. Which is yeah, it has. But I've been yeah. using my reward points, getting it for about two bucks a gallon. Nice. Or you know what you can do at a lot of places that have uh, the get, uh, the car wash in mm-hmm. them? You get the car wash and then it knocks off 10 cents off your gas a gallon. Boom. Boom shalaka, you know? All it's right. a good I, deal. I don't pay for gas anyways. Ah, <sighs> oh, jeez. Elitist. <laughs> Elitist. <laughs> My work pays for Steven it. Steven steals gas like in Mad Max. Hops on the he back of the tanker. steals the gasoline. Got myself gasoline, eh? Steven, did you finish Mad Max yet? No. I finished it. I finished the whole game. You bastard. No, I... Um, my brother was telling me he's going back. He's he's started over, and he's doing all the. He started over. Yeah, he's doing all the the little tasks that you you have to do in there. Oh, I get the you. all the little. You have to do a head-on kill collision. Yeah, he's doing the little checklist of yeah. things you can do in the game. I like Red Dead Redemption. All those games. Once I finished the storyline, I'm like, and eh, lost interest. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just wait. But I did as much as I could. 
until I finished the game. Like, I didn't finish off the storyline until I cleared every area, got it to 0% threat level. I finished every stronghold, built everything in there, everything. Like, you're getting constantly getting scrap. Like, you just see it building up, and I had, like, ridiculous, like, 30,000 scrap and uh, didn't need it anymore. Yeah, my brother finished it, and um, I guess you can just drive off into the wasteland, and there's no maps or anything. Oh, I haven't done that. Oh, yeah. He was like, there's no map. You just can drive and go crazy on your own. I'm but you have to kind of figure you... out how to get back to your strongholds, because there's no... you, you got to remember how travel. to get there. Well, no, do... it's gone. Oh, there's no quick travel? You don't have a map yeah. at all. You're oh, just driving. Holy shit. He must have, like, unlocked all, all sorts of That's stuff. That's hardcore. Yeah. I really like the game, and I enjoyed it. Now, I want to talk to you about the ending when you get to it. But my he likes uh, he likes having the little challenges, you know. Like I said, it's to complete all the car challenges. Mm-hmm. Okay? you got to kill so many of the rat cars with another rat car or whatever. <laughs> Jesus. That's awesome. So he's going back and doing all the little... I know you Check could like details. you could collect cars and drive them back to the mm-hmm. stronghold. I was had no interest in that. I just wanted my car and fix it up, you know. Yeah, and it is pretty. He awesome. was collecting all the cars. He's doing all that. So he's doing a hundred percent. Yeah, he wants a hundred percent. That's cool. I know a lot of people do that on uh, the GTA games and stuff like that. So, so yeah, he cool. wanted to be complete to see what it does if there's something. I realized different. that you know I was like so into the game. Uh, that as soon as I can break off and stop playing it, the better, like, so I can get other things done. Because, you know, I'll I'll do that where I'm, like, totally immersed in it, and then it's like, okay, Jason, you need to stop playing now. <laughs> I think <laughs> you have other shit to do. We did a show a few weeks ago, and I went home and started playing at midnight. Wow. And next thing I know, my brother was getting up for work. <laughs> and I'm like... He must just be getting up to pee. It hasn't been that long, you know. <laughs> and like, and it's like he comes wait. he comes in there, turns on the coffee. He's like, "What time is he?" he goes five in the morning. Shit. <laughs> so I keep playing, and he goes to work, comes back home from work. No, I'm uh, still no. Playing. Oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! I did a fourteen hour play. Wow! Holy shit! That. That like deserves an award. What's your favorite thing? To I do was psycho. I was like, I'm going to sleep. My favorite thing to do in the game, unfortunately, once you beat them all, they're not there anymore. But the um, what do they call it when they circle around the caravans? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the convoys. The convoys. The, the convoys. I had so much fun doing that, picking off one car at a time and stuff like that. My favorite thing to do was to harpoon the guys out of the cars. Oh yeah, that is awesome. I like I like uh, when you go up to the little areas, you know, and the guys come around and you harpoon them, and then I don't release them. I take off and watch yeah. them, and they cartwheel and spin behind you. That's the best. <laughs> it's They're, hilarious, and I what? giggle like a mutant every time. <laughs> when you get the maxed out thunderpoon. You it thunderpoon. Yeah, the, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter the armor they have. You can be driving along something, and I don't even have to aim. You just tap the circle button; it'll go. 
It'll blow up and fly up in the air, and you'll go, holy shit, that is awesome! Oh, I want to play. It's the I've got to say the explosions in that game. I never played the Just Cause games, but do they have the same kind of explosions, Bill? Oh, yeah. The Well, I wouldn't know. I didn't... I mean, I played Just Cause, but I haven't been able to really experience any huge explosions in Mad Max yet. Oh, my God. There, there's something about it, the visceral thrill of just seeing something explode. It's just awesome. Yeah, I think I'm on the third territory. Gut gash. Cool. Um, I've cleared out the first two jeets, and or was, I don't remember. I'm on the third territory, wherever that is. Cool. So when you finish the game, I just want to talk to you about it. Okay. All right, man. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. And uh, Bill, Steven, what are you guys waiting for? Get out there and watch some more shows, play some more video games, read some more books, and I'll see you next time. See you later. Bye. Now this is podcasting.